cliffcentral.com. This show contains adult content. If you find it offensive, please go to the cliffcentral.com website where there's a show for you. Sex Talk on cliffcentral.com. It is Friday morning. This is Unradio. This is Unscripted. And this is, without a doubt, uncensored because of the pervert sitting opposite us in the studio this morning. <laughs> it's been a long time since you've been here, you perv. Yes, it has. I'm so sorry. I've missed you guys. We've well, missed you. We've missed you to be too. Back. But you've been doing some interesting things. Yes. So let's put a name to the voice. Bruce J. Little is with us. Hello, listeners. After all your adventures, <laughs> which have been really, really cool and interesting, and we're going to hear about them. And some new understandings from the world of trance. Yes. Some interesting stuff going on. Mm. Really cool. Okay. So let us do this first, our dirty dictionary word. So what is so cool is a listener sent me a whole lot of dirty dictionary words. Oh, <laughs> so awesome. Yeah, somebody, somebody listens to the show and really enjoys it and sent us some. Alex, thank you so much. A hmm. comoclitic. Comoclitic. A comoclitic. A comoclitic. A comoclitic. And it oh, somehow doesn't sound... So it's interesting. Does comoclitic, would comoclitic be the opposite? I need to look that up. So huh. a comoclitic is somebody who can accommodate a clitoris. <laughs> okay, you're kind of in the general area, but otherwise you are far It's always difficult away. to be in the, in the right area when it comes to the clitoris. It is quite a general area if for us, right, us homosexuals. I understand, yes. <laughs> if you're in the right area, you'll be... Maybe you'll be guided. Maybe they'll... Because you're in the right area, so you... A hand will come yeah, through but, a mouth. But you're oh. focusing on the wrong part of the word. You mm. see, that's the problem. Tomorrow, any clues? The only thing that I could hear is clit. <laughs> yeah, you see, you are just fixated that on is so true. these tiny little pearls, which are not so tiny. Not actually, so tiny. In truth, because like icebergs, clits are like icebergs. Mm. Did you see that part of video that I sent you from that porn when we, when we were looking? For images and slaves, you uh-huh. haven't. You're too yeah. busy. So I promise you, after uh-huh. about an hour or uh-huh. an hour and something, that they've been stimulating her clit to get all kind of BDSM stuff to do. Her mm. clit was in the size of a chin. Mm. It was wow. humongous. It was like a little cock. I couldn't believe it. So as I said, the clits are like icebergs with a very small portion above the surface and everything else is underneath. So you've got to know where to look for all these wonderful things. But oh. yeah, I'll, I'll bear I'll, that in mind. <laughs> okay, so if it ever happens, phone me. For research cool. purposes. If it ever happens, see. phone me. Cool, I'll do and that. And I'll, I'll guide you, you through line. that. No, yeah, you will guide his lovely lady friends. <laughs> you just tell them, keep 
searching for the growth of the clitoris. It means that you are in a high state of pleasure. Mm. It means that you more blood is flowing there. Research. Yes. Research. So we will do that. <laughs> and I'm so looking forward to sharing with some of our listeners in Cape Town tonight, mm. which is really exciting. Tonight Lucky and Tiptonians. tomorrow, I'm really excited about the workshops there. Doing something I've never done before, which is really, really cool. Okay. Jumping up. What are you going to do with never done before? Well, um, there are two new workshops. Oh, wow. And um, on Saturday afternoon, we are doing the Sensual Meditation of Touch, which I did in Joburg last weekend for the first yeah. time. And it was beautiful. It took people to such a deep space of meditation and of connection using the simple tool of touch. Really, really beautiful. Um, Wonderful. So powerful. Mm. And some other really cool stuff coming up. Anyway, I'm really looking forward to... Tonight and tomorrow in Cape Town. Where is it going to be? At yeah, I've gone totally blank <laughs> from the venue. I'll okay. come back to we'll it. We'll put it on Twitter just now. Okay. The Tree of Enlightenment in Gardens. All right. The Tree of just Enlightenment in Gardens. Perfect. Google it. We'll be there. Lovely. Okay. You went to the Pink Luries to do some fascinating things. Yeah. Did you take your clothes off there? No. Well, no. I, did, I did. You're getting like more disappointing <laughs> by the minute here. <laughs> I'm becoming a real Pollyanna. I don't know what that's yeah. about. Yeah. So what did you do at Pink Lurie's? It was exciting. Yes. So I was helping uh, the organizers of the Pink Lurie just from a creative perspective. Uh -huh. So I'm, it's sort of like a, a, a free consultancy is what I would say. They needed some help. Um, okay. and Does they at least in. pay... For you to be they, they paid for me to okay. be there. Yes, That's it was cool. like a holiday. It was fantastic. Okay. And they also facilitated a situation where I could publish my book. Yes. Tell awesome. us about your book. So in uh, between 2010 and uh, I think about five, six years ago, I was doing various little comedy cabaret shows mm -hmm. throughout South Africa. And I had quite a few requests from students and other actors, you know, asking me to please provide them with some of the monologues from the shows that I did. And I remembered in my first year at university struggling to find queer themed monologues, mm. um, that were, there were lots from the nineties, uh, mostly concerning uh, guys doing these very sad monologues about their partners dying of AIDS mm. and that they're very empower, you know, very powerful and very important. But I wanted something that was, had a South African context and I wanted something a little bit happier. You know, everything I read at that time, uh, with, you know, all the, the films I was watching mm. and all the stuff was just, homosexuality was just one and the same as dying of AIDS. Sure. And I wanted to do something um, about that. And so that's how these came about. And they're called Little Poof Homonologues. Cool. And yeah. the spectrum of topics that they cover? All sorts. So um, the, some of the characters of the characters that are based on the different members of the LGBTQ community that mm -hmm. I know. So there's, there's Mariska, the reluctant fag hag. She's in love with her best friend, Corneille, who's, who's gay. There's Papillon, um, the Congolese car guard who falls in love with a young man whose car he looks after once or twice a week. Um, there's, um, Shanaz, the Cape Malay hairdresser. And, um, she's sort of non-binary. Sometimes uh, Shanaz identifies as male. Other times, uh, she identifies as female. And so there's all sorts of different characters. That, that sounds I've, lots of fun. 
fun, yeah. Brucey. So there's a lot of, of lightness in it as well. Yes. So all of the you know each of the monologues has yeah. got a little bit of gravity. Otherwise, you know things are. What's really funny is, uh, well, when things are really serious, then you can turn them in in such a way mm. to make them funny. Mm. So, like for example, Shanaz gets uh, attacked at an ATM by a. a, a a wannabe thief and ends up beating him off with her handbag. And so <laughs> it's something that we, we, we struggle with in South Africa mm. every day, but it was just putting a, a spin on it. Mm. Mm. So yeah, very cool. You know, something just struck me. I mean, doing some reading and some research, cause it's a show that I'm starting to get ready for and looking at different perspectives on feminist porn. Mm. So there's some very interesting perspectives on it. Is there kind of any equivalent in the gay male world of what feminist, would, not yeah, necessarily what feminist, would the, but maybe politically correct? Yeah, what would what would the tie-in be for that? You know, I, I think the closest thing to it at the moment is porn companies and associations that that are still using condoms mm. because most have migrated towards bareback. Mm. Um, because of the demand, mm. you know, ma- most uh, gay guys uh, um, that I know as well, you know, when you're watching porn, it's fantasy. So you don't want to see a condom uh, for a lot of people. Mm. Whereas people who, you know, porn companies and organizations and film companies that are still using condoms between their performers is quite, um, it's seen as being quite conservative mm. and, and very responsible mm. because it's promoting a safer sex practice. Mm. Yeah. And one of the interesting things about ethical porn is, is the movement towards people paying for porn mm. as opposed to free porn, you know, with all the tube sites and things. Yes. Like Pornhub, for example, mm. which is one of the biggest in the world, if not the biggest. Is, is there anything in the gay community about that? Or are people, wherever we can get it, we're happy? It's one of those things that people who pay for porn and generally will, will subscribe to a specific website mm. because they have a taste for a certain So they're you know, looking for something yes. specific. Yeah. So there's different websites to cater mm. for different flavors and yeah. tastes. And it's, it's sort of associated with prestige or your financial okay. situation. So the average pleb. Uh, like myself, will find porn that's free um, on one of these, you know, accumulative mm. websites that has a little bit of everything, but it lasts for a minute or two. Mm. And then people with money will will buy a subscription to a mm. certain website, and and it's it's more convenient, mm. it's much easier. You don't have all these ridiculous ads, ads popping up the whole mm-hmm. time. But it and and there is prestige associated with it. You know, if people know that um, you are. Subscribing, you Check. have more Check status. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm going to put it on my Facebook status. You know. <laughs> yeah, I subscribe to my porn. <laughs> I pay for my porn. Do you? And, yeah. Yeah. I support well, them. Not a bad idea in mm. some ways. Um, you know, as somebody who's made DVDs, my educational DVDs are out there. I really understand are they and out relate there already? to it. John, let me know they're out there. No, already. but can you just? Is it on on the website? Oh. Yeah, just you're, on, yeah, just on the Eros Life website. But that's the moment, something you need to remind every mm, show mm. because it, such sensual, beautiful yeah. content between two, uh, taught on two men. It's something yeah. that is very, no, 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 very. No, that's not out yet. Oh, that's not out. Okay, no, no, so, no, no, so, I thought, so I was waiting for that. So I was waiting for that. Okay. You must All post right. these things on Vimeo so people mm. can download them, and they'll pay you. They have mm. to in mm. order to be able to True. download it. So. Yeah, it's just, it's really interesting. Yeah, where can people get your book? 
So you can get it on my – I've got a website called Little Poof the Homo Fabulous Show on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And there is a system there for you to be able to place an order and transfer the money and then it'll be delivered to you. Um, or you can just speak to me directly on, you can, in Messenger on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And if you're in Joburg, I can drop it off for you. Um, yeah. So it's wonderful. So I'm holding a copy of the book in my hand and I really thank <laughs> you for this. That it's really fantastic entertainment. Really and. <laughs> It's just, just I just clarify. could not quite share one of the monologues from oh. the book with you. In fairness, I didn't know we were going to discuss the book at all today. So I thought we were going to talk about other things. Okay. We, are. I, yeah, we are. I would have. Okay. I so would have. you know what I have learned over the years from some very interesting people? And I have to, I have to own this. I have taken many people to task about being self-promoters. Yes. Okay. I struggle with that. I it's suck not, at it. Yeah. It's not something I'm good at. I see the value of it. Yes. I've never been good at it. I've never been comfortable with it. And I applaud people who do it in some way Mm. because it gets them out there. It gets their stuff happening. It makes them money. It does whatever it does in the world. Me too. We need to learn this shit, Bruce. I agree 100%. We need to learn to do it. You need to walk around with a box of them in your boot. Oh, well, I do have some in my boots, so you'll have a copy later. Okay. Don't you worry. Okay. So that wasn't because I want to. It's just no, I'd no. love to promote it and, and get it out there for you, which oh. is great. Thank you. Because I think you do some wonderful stuff. Did you do any shows in Neisner? No. Unfortunately, the funding that we were hoping mm. for fell through at the last minute. So, and, you know, it's fine for me. I have a full-time job. Mm. So I was quite happy to do a show. But I would, I had a, I needed a director. Mm. And I do the shows that are accompanied by a pianist. Mm. And so they need to be paid. These, you know. Absolutely. Um, and I, and we were just not in a, in a position to be able to pay mm. them. So I had to cancel that, which was very sad. Mm. Okay. Part of the showbiz. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So when we spoke last week, we spoke about, you mentioned some new issues that are coming up in the trance world or new take on these issues. Well, there's mm-hmm. so much going on at ANOVA in general. So I work at ANOVA Health yes. Institute. So there's so many different things that I can talk about. So we have a new uh, Facebook and website that's popped up called Young Heroes. Mm-hmm. So Youth Day is approaching on uh, mid-June. So we, it's all about promoting sexual health and, and awareness among young people between the ages of 13, well, young men between mm. the ages of 13 and 23. And uh, it's quite a, a, a sensitive issue because we can't be seen to be promoting sexual behavior or, or homosexuality mm. or that kind of thing. But what we're doing is we're providing resources so that pe- people who are who they are, between the ages of 20, uh, 13 and 23 can be exposed to those resources. Which is an incredibly fucked up situation. Yes. Just by definition. Completely. That there are people who are having these experiences mm. and yet we cannot really get to them openly. Yeah. And, and the, it and has the, to be in this roundabout channel. It's very frustrating. And these are the experiences yeah. that they're going to carry with them. Mm. And they're going to mm. really form how they see sexuality. So what kind of stuff are you putting out for them? So there's all sorts of things. Uh, on Youth Day, there'll be a, a flyer, a, a sort of quite a big A3 folder that'll be in, in many, many um, South African newspapers, just promoting the website, getting young men to migrate to the website yeah. and, and to expose themselves to more information about HIV, safer sex, gender, um, underst- yeah. you know, we may, we touch on things like trans identity and gender nonconformity. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because people have this strange notion that if you expose young people to these things, <laughs> they will become. They will become. You know, mm-hmm. as if as if you can catch homosexuality or trans being a transgender person like the flu. And the truth is, is that. There are already young MSM uh, men who have sex mm. with men um, who are as young as eleven. They don't know what they're doing, but they mm. they're already engaging in with one another in, in these sexual ways. And mm. the best thing to do is to empower young people with knowledge. But the simple truth is, and this has been proven time and time again, is that the more information people have the more responsible the choices they're going to make. Exactly. And that is regardless of their orientation, regardless of what they're going to do. People with more information tend to have sex a little bit later. Yes. Or if they're having sex at younger ages, they're much more aware of safety Mm. on so many levels. So true. So we just need to spread the word and and get more people to – Talk to their kids and mm. to be more open-minded. You know, the problem is when, some, as you know, when something becomes taboo and people become scared of, of talking about certain mm. things, then those things become even more exciting and even more Absolutely. naughty. Sure. And when a young person thinks that something is naughty and exciting, then you're going to be so much more susceptible to peer pressure because you can't ask your mother and father or your aunt and uncle or the questions that you want to know. So you're going to learn everything you know about sexuality from your peers, other 13-year-old boys. And that's not the best place to pick up your information. I can can vouch. Absolutely. Between that and the Internet, there's some scary stuff out Mm. there. Definitely. So here's an interesting – it's a digression. Mm. I wrote an article – Two weeks ago, it was about the fact that during sex, men are quiet. Really? The article was entitled, Where Are You, O Man? The story was that years ago, I was walking down the corridor of a sex club, and there's all these closed doors with all Mm. these people having sex behind these doors. And you just hear women. And then I've taught a lot of of sexual workshops, Mm. a lot of sexual massage workshops, and on, for example, some of the genital massage workshops, women make noise when they are experiencing pleasure. Yeah. And men do not. And I know, and I hate this because it was actually a question this week. That every week, for those of you who don't know and who have not visited our page on the Cliff Central website, we do a Q&A from listeners hmm. where they ask questions and I answer them. And it's very brief. It's just a couple of lines. So the question this week came, do every man like fingers up their butts? And the answer was no, because everybody likes something different and everybody likes something different every day. And just because you Mm. like it today does not mean you want it tomorrow. Mm. It's like, you know, you have pasta for supper tonight and tomorrow night you have sushi. Yeah. Next night you have steak and then you have chicken and then you have salad and you have all sorts of different things. But for the record, I'm all for it. (laughs) And every day is different, but in principle, so. Try it. Yeah. See if you like it. Blanket question. Yes. Are gay men more vocal during sex than straight men? Uh, you know, I would have to... Talking about generalizations. I'd have to generalize. Yeah, but I'm so, uh, but you said know, it's a generalization. Yeah, uh, but I come with quite a bit of... Um, experience. <laughs> empirical observation. Of course, research again. Yes. So in, in my experience, um, I would... I would I would guess that yes, in general, quite a, quite a few gay men are, are quite, that I've experienced mm. are quite vocal. Um, interestingly for myself as well, I've noticed if, if I'm, ha- you know, if I'm having sex with somebody that in the past, when I've been having sex with somebody mm. I don't know very the well. Distant past. Oh, yeah, the long Pre-cobwebbed. Distance. Yeah, shame. <laughs> uh, shame for me. Hashtag shame. Um, I, if I don't know the person well, then I'm generally also quite silent. Mm. 
But um, I have been known to be quite vocal mm. um, when I know the person really well. It also depends on, I mean, whether you're topping or bottoming. You know, if mm. you are bottoming and you are receiving, receiving and it's it's you're receiving a, a big, a particularly big um, sensation, sensation <laughs> you're going to be more likely to. Mm. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Whoa! You know, uh, you're, you're going to be vocal about it. So it all depends. Um, it, yeah. Because mm, I've only been, I've only visited one gay sex club. Yes. And that was quite a long time ago. Mm. And my memory was not that clear of the vocalization. Mm. It's very difficult to tell because in most mm. of these sex clubs, they've got porn videos showing the whole yeah. time and, and the porn videos are incredibly vocal absolutely so gay porn is like oh oh yeah yeah oh you know it's just ridiculous this like overperformed no, masculinity that's so untrue heterosexual yeah. porn with women that's goes, part ah! of yeah, yeah. That's not yeah. the same there yeah, was something yeah. interesting that i did read about porn it was just an interesting little take on it mm-hmm. that porn is made it was about whether Porn actors and actresses experience pleasure okay. during filming, yeah. and it was a really it was a fascinating comment. It's not made for them; it's made for consumers. Yeah, so it's not about whether they're having pleasure or not. If they do, fantastic, but that's kind of secondary in a way because it's, it's made for consumers. It's very interesting that you say that because I think. Uh, you know, the few times in my life that I have watched some porn, yeah. um, I've noticed... Also, just for research Yes, purposes. of course. You know, just so that I could come on the show. Yeah. Um, I, I've noticed that you can... For well, me, I, mean, I understand can see that also has a couple you, of meanings. If you come yeah. on the show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Single hand. So, yeah. I can see when a, an actor, you know, when a porn actor mm. is, is in, enjoying it. Mm. And I can see when he's putting it on. And... Personally, if I if I see that he's enjoying it, it's much more of a exactly. turn on for me. Sure. If I see two uh, two guys going at it and they're really into it and they're feeling it, that's much hotter for than sure. a guy who's got his O face on and making like yodeling sounds. It's mm. just like, oh, please come on, you know. But that's I don't about that's yeah. a part of co- it's, it's authenticity. Mm. Yeah, you know, that's a part of being conscious, John D. Because I had a few weeks ago an experience with my partner, which we went to one of the. Nice joints that we like to go to. Jonty uh, and I, Jonty told me to go again for research. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had this amazing conversation. I'm being blamed for a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. no, it's not blamed. It's called, um, you're the father of, yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's right. The catalyst. The catalyst. Yeah. So anyway, we've Clitalist. been, we've been in a sex club and, uh, <laughs> Clitalist? It's another one for dirty dictionary. Clitalist. <laughs> and we managed to ask this question, well, each other, what really turns on, to, turns one's on, one on in that scenario of a few people in the same room having sex? And for him, it was something completely different than what it was for me. And for me, definitely, it was the pleasure. So when I see a woman, if, even if she's not performing, doing crazy porn stuff, but she's into it and she's, having this amazing pleasure escalating or a man, Mm. it turns me on immensely. So that was something that I could ask my partner. And I'm wondering, you know, if people actually watch porn, do they know what turns them on there? No, I don't think they really care. Mm. Because people who watch porn, I think most people who watch porn are pretty dumbed down. Yeah, It's like most of what's on TV is incredibly stupid and made for an average seven-year-old. If that... It's fantasy. Mm. Yeah. It is complete and, and it's utter not e- fantasy. But it's not even smart fantasy. No. It's like B grade. Like 
X-grade. Yeah. It's, it's chewed. Yeah. It's yeah. chewed and de- dissected. Know, yes. It's like uh, movies processed. that are coming out today. It's just kind of remakes and remakes and volume five of this mm. and, and porn it, is polony. Yeah. And that's pretty processed. much, and that's pretty much what it is. It is. Mm. And to find something that's really interesting, that's really smart. And that's, I think, where a lot of people turn to the fetish and the kink and the different. Yeah. Because it's something it's there's creativity in it mm. and even if that's not your particular turn on there's something there that's more authentic that's more creative yeah mm. and i think there's also quite a big difference between european and american porn as well mm. so i don't know in the gay market if there's a difference definitely so because the American porn is very dumbed down. It's very kind of genitally oriented. Yeah. And it's not that beautifully filmed. No. And I think a lot of the European porn is much more beautifully filmed. Mm. It is more artistic. It's more creative. Beautiful music soundtrack and mm. yeah. soft focus. The, the, it's beautiful. There's an aesthetic value that's Definitely. much higher than in the American porn. And the interesting thing in terms of that is the judgment that we put on sexuality is generally a very Americanized. Yeah. Which is firstly quite puritanical mm-hmm. and very limited, whereas a European perspective on sex is much broader. It's much more open. Mm. Well, but, in the gay community, one of the big issues is, you know, there's this straight acting, straight looking or mask for mask mm. uh, movement. And and it's very prejudiced towards anyone who's effeminate or, or doesn't present as a mm. big uh, rugby player or ultra butch person and it's because the porn that is prolific mm. is porn where it looks like two straight men are having anal sex mm. that's that's the fantasy so they have these ultra masculine jocks mm. you know who just happen to suck cocks mm. and that's and that's what everybody gets so turned on about so they don't have this maybe different like mm. let's call it gay behavior or yeah. other, other elements of gay behavior or just maybe vulnerability or exact, sensitivity or fem- yeah and there isn't that i mean even the guy in in these porn movies even the guys getting fucked uh, they're not vulnerable at all. They're like, yeah, yeah, fuck mm. me. It's, you know, it's just <laughs> it's not like that. So, so aggressive. If all else fails, you do have another career as as a voice porn, artist yeah. for porn. <laughs> Foley artist, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, there's good money there. there. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I'm all for it. Okay. Tell us more. So what else is happening <laughs> there? So um, something else that's very exciting about Anova at the moment is we've, we are about to launch another rendition of our Health for Trance healthcare manual. It's a facilitator's manual. Um, and it's just we, we're facilitating situations where various clinics around the country will be not only sensitized to trans identities and gender non-conforming identities and their health care needs, yeah. but also um, becoming more aware of of what they what it is that they need in terms of health care. Because a trans person has completely uh, different mm. requirements in terms of health care uh, than, say, the average Joe off the street. And they have so many more things to consider. And, you know, uh, for example, what pronoun they prefer to be uh, referred to as and also whether or not they they are having um hormone replacement therapy yeah any one of the sort of gender affirming processes that they may choose to be going through and so that's it's wonderful that we we're doing so much to 
break through the levels of ignorance around trans identity and and get at least you know um, nurses and doctors and people in the healthcare uh, world who are the sort of first point of reference for a lot of trans people sure. when they when they're seeking help for their sexual health and we're getting them more au fait and more understanding of the the needs requirements and and specificities around trans identity so that excites me a lot because mm. the you know the more we open our minds to these things the more exciting the world gets for me you know people are terrified of of trans sure. uh, ideology and and they see it as a, a, a trans identity seems so disturbing for people who who want to subscribe to the binary ideology mm. And it's it's very sad for me, and also ridiculous. I don't know why anybody else's non-binary identity should be upsetting to you, um, if, it, or so threatening. That, well, that's yeah. the thing; it's a threat because of the rightness and the wrongness. Yes, that if somebody is different, generally, then part some of my beliefs have to turn out wrong. Yeah. They're evil. That's yeah. it. Instead of the rightness, is that. We're all the same. Yeah. And we're not. Interesting thing. There are more trans people being recognized than ever before. More yes. trans people are coming into the world than ever before. Popular culture, definitely. Okay. Yes. Is this because there actually are more trans people or has it just been so hidden and so repressed for so long? You know, living in Cape Town for 10 years, I was exposed to quite a few people mm. who were trans, but they they were sort of – they weren't celebrated in a very public way. They were very private people, and they, there wasn't a lot of activism. I don't remember in the, in the late 90s and early 2000s um, – I don't remember anyone really being that outspoken. There was one person yeah. in Cape Town named Anne who who was uh, an activist. I think she was a lawyer. But in general, it was – so we knew about trans people, but there was no limelight or, or, or light being shone on, on them and their situation. Whereas now, I think the zeitgeist in general in society is moving towards the non-binary so I think sure. whether it's your philosophy or your perceptions on religion or your sexuality, there's, there is a movement towards things not being black and white, more 50 shades of gray. <laughs> and, and that's what's so exciting about consciousness is that people are beginning to realize things are not just one way or another. There are many, many different variants in the spectrum. And because people are now, I think, opening up to this understanding, popular culture has opened itself up to the concept and to the realization that there are these other realities and so, there's fascination. So the interesting thing about the question is, are there conditions in our society that are creating more people that are non-binary? Are there social conditions? Are there environmental conditions? Um, is there kind of greater genetic mutation? You know, what's happening you know, or is it simply that the amount of trans people is pretty much the same as there's always been? It's just now coming more into the light and it's more possible for people to come out for being who they authentically are. Yeah, I, I would I would think that's the case. You know, I think it's also just labels and boxes. Mm. So I think there were there 
have always been people who have been non-binary in terms of their expression, in terms of their gender expression, and their their you know how they express themselves in terms of masculinity and femininity. I don't think they necessarily use the terms transgender or identified personally as being trans. You know, I mean, in South Africa nowadays, there are a lot of people who onlookers would say oh that person is trans but m- most south africans don't know the term they've never heard of a, a transgender person it's a word and a concept that has originated overseas you know we don't really have it as our patois mm-hmm. and part of our everyday language here but what it is 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 people who don't fit into binary gender mm-hmm. boxes and and as i think as far back in history as anyone can can remember and as is recorded sure. there have always been people who have sure. have been fluid with their gender and enjoyed fucking with gender and the binary well, a lot of mm. tribal cultures yes. um, have different words for for those people yes and it's beautiful Definitely. Um, there's a very interesting thing uh, that comes up. We spoke about this a little bit last week. Gabor Mate, a, um, one of the new researchers with a medical background. Yeah. Into, um, he's part of the psychedelic research movement. Oh, wow. But he has on YouTube an incredibly beautiful, it's two or three minutes long, a definition of normality. And he talks about the fact that what we consider beyond normal, Mm. which is an incredibly narrow and limited definition, is so cultural that in so many tribes and so many societies, people's differences are labeled and celebrated in some ways. Yeah. And (coughs) the, the sexual spectrum is just part of that. The gender spectrum is just part of that. That we, what we consider normal might actually be an incredibly repressed and actually an incredibly untrue expression of who we are mm. well, because of the labels that we have accepted as being normal. Mm. Yeah. And it makes us – it uncomfortableizes the fuck out of us, Yeah, most of us, to admit that mm. I could like a whole lot more than I think. I'm willing to acknowledge that I like. I I wonder how many people are suppressing themselves. I mean, I I think all of us suppress ourselves in one way or another mm. because we want to fit in and we want to come across as, as you said, in inverted commas, normal. That's what we want to be seen as. As yes, yeah. but and I th- I think we all have interesting, kinky. You know, uh, and multifaceted yeah. and complex aspects of ourselves. And we keep coming back to it. And mm. there's a fascinating thing. My friend Galen Fuss, um, a therapist who specializes in kink and fetish in America. Yeah. Uh, some of his articles were recently taken off some of the Facebook psychology groups for dealing with kink. And a whole lot of therapists have come out as labeling kink as abnormal. Oh. And he's actually coined I don't know if he coined But there's a, a wonderful term running around Called kinkophobia And a lot of it has been directed at therapists um, For not acknowledging the normality yeah. Of kink and fetish behavior That it might be in almost every one of us To some extent And we simply repress it And don't allow it to be there 
Well, I, I, th- I can imagine that being a huge issue for, for a therapist because if you are in yourself suppressed and you're not allowing yourself to live your true self. Well, your insurance yeah. policy doesn't allow you to accept things that, you know, what, yes. if you will encourage that, what will happen? Exactly. So mm-hmm. you, you can't allow, you know, you can't encourage somebody else having this amazing blue sky. Uh, experience when you yourself are holding yourself back and keeping yourself in a little box because God forbid they inspire you to be your best version of yourself. Mm. Absolutely. So this journey, it's really the journey into authenticity. Mm. And if we accept that in ourselves, it makes it easier to accept in someone else, even though their authentic expression is different to ours. Yeah. And it just brings me back to so much of what I've been writing and talking about is that it's all within us. It has to come from within us. My definition of myself is within me. It's not about you. Mm. It's not about anybody else. And the more I can accept the fullness of myself, every part of myself, ultimately, the more I can express that in you. (coughs) And that healing is simply making the connections between parts of ourselves that we've disconnected from. Mm. So if I've disconnected from that within myself... I have disconnected from that within you. Definitely. And I can't allow you to be that Mm -hmm. Mm. because I can't allow myself to be that. So who are you waiting for permission from to be yourself? Ain't coming from anywhere outside. Mm. No hand of God coming down from the sky. Mm -mm. Ten commandments on tablets. Give yourself your own stamp of approval. That's it. Absolutely. Okay. What else is happening in Nova Health? There's always lots of different things. So We the Brave has, uh, we've just released a, a new lube. It's called Lube Tube. Lube Tube. And we've got a fantastic campaign, if I do say so myself, because I write the copy for it. And so. I'm holding a tube of Lube Tube <laughs> in my hand, and the packaging is fantastic. I can't tell you how good really it actually you. is. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's it's an imaginary one. Um, we'll we'll have it to taste so that good. Well. It's wow, we mm, mm, that's fantastic. Where what can I do with this? <laughs> so f- first of all, it's it's not it's not a uh, it's not something that you can buy. You need to go to one of our uh, We the Brave Health for Men outreach team members and get tested for HIV. And while while you're there, after you've been tested, you can then receive a free sample of our very exciting lube known as Lube Tube. And where do people find We the Brave health team members? So what they can do is they can log on to healthformen.co.za or they can log on to uh, wethebrave.co.za or go on to the Facebook profiles, pages, and and there is a... A little connector thing somewhere on the on the page. A very, it's usually like one of the first things you see, saying where you can find a clinic near you. And uh, the outreach teams are also all over the place. They pop up around, you know, and word spreads fast mm. in many of the communities. Like so, and that's what that's how we we get most of our advertising done. But yeah, so if you hear about our, our We the Brave um, Health for Men outreach team members, then go and get tested, and you may just. Get lucky with some lube. With some lube. Is it a water-based lube? It is indeed because, um, well, not 
uh, most lubricants these days are water-based oh. because they're the most condom-friendly. They don't mm-hmm. uh, compromise the sure. construction of the condom <laughs> because a lot of people use things like Vaseline and baby mm. oil, and these things are the worst thing, things you can use for a condom. They basically make your condom melt. Baby oil is even terrible for your body because it actually dries up internal mucous membranes. Yeah, <laughs> no, not a good idea. No. So, so use our amazing water-based lube. Will will it get to retail? Will it get to shops? To we'll we'll see. Um, so far, we're getting some very positive feedback. Mm. I mean, the the little caption is "Lube Tube, take it easier," um, which which I think is you like that quite a cool tagline. He wrote that, it. that I wrote. <laughs> so I'm just patting myself on the back here. Mm. Lucky I'm double jointed. Um, yeah, so that's quite exciting. And we've got a nice campaign. Check it out on Instagram, you know, follow We the Brave on Instagram or Facebook. And, and we'll constantly be updating with different p- things that we do and different events that are going on. It's, we, you know, it's, We the Brave is not just a place for you to go and get tested for HIV. There's lots of different things we do in the community to promote sex positivity because that's what we're about. We, we want people to feel good about their sexuality. As time passes, are more and more people feeling comfortable with being tested? It, you know, it Is de- there still such a stigma the, around it, it? It depends on where you are, um, and it depends on, on so many different things. I mean, we've, we've had some very sad uh, news recently about somebody that we, we know who was sort of a celebrity in the gay community who was promoting HIV awareness. Um, who himself was terrified of disclosing his, his HIV status mm. to his nearby clinic and so didn't go on ARVs and, and died as a result of, um, of, of AIDS because he didn't go on ARVs. And it's a very sad and unnecessary thing to have happen mm. that nowadays where people sure. are still so sure. scared yeah. to, they don't want to be judged or seen or, and you know, luckily nowadays a lot of people are going to clinics to, to get prep. Mm. And I think that's one of the, the unthought of benefits of prep because prep is the pre-exposure uh, prophylaxis and that's taken by people who are HIV negative mm-hmm. in order to stay HIV negative and so now um, if you go to the clinic and you're picking up pills people can't really be sure if you're collecting ARVs or if you're collecting PrEP so there's less stigma of being seen mm-hmm. at clinics and, and we are hoping that it's going to increase people's um, confidence yeah. in being able to come and just get screened not just for HIV mm-hmm. for all the different STIs and and just Take care of yourself and make sure you're ready, you know, ripe and ready to go. Mm. We the Braves essay? We the Brave.co.za. Okay. And Instagram? Yes, that's the one. That's it's, the you, one. So the picture that you'll see is a, a very sexy man holding two um, ostrich eggs in a very strategic spot. So he has and what's big the balls. point of the ostrich eggs? Well, I think it, it alludes to. To men's testicles, <laughs> if you would, but you know, from a symbolic, balls. from a symbolic perspective. But I also, think. he's not doing an ostrich thing and putting the head in the head in the sand, but actually saying, "Take the balls by your hand and just yeah. go." He's got big balls. Well, one of my teachers had a wonderful saying about putting your head in the sand. Yeah, if you keep your head in the sand long enough, somebody's going to come fuck you in the ass. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. <laughs> I think, yeah, I know quite a few people but, who'd, who'd, who'd actually now want to go and put their heads in the sand. Yeah, so. but metaphorically, yes. it's true because we have access to so much information. Mm. We have access to so much education. We have access to so many possibilities. 
Yeah. No, it's true. And as consciousness grows and expands, we have to take more and more responsibility for ourselves, yeah. for owning all of ourselves. It's just another example of how fear mm. and, you know, de- devastates us in so mm. many ways. Our communities, uh, our, so many people that we look up to, and, and we as individuals, uh, I mean, fear it just holds mm. us back in so many different ways. For so many people, is a positive diagnosis still seen as a death sentence? For the most part, no. So anyone who is... Which is an amazing which shift. Which is. So for the most part, uh, anyone who's exposed to social media knows that it, it isn't necessary. You know, I mean, there are many, many, many people, millions, in fact, uh, who are HIV positive and living long, healthy, happy lives. Mm. Um, the issue is, is that it all boils down to a- taking your ARVs and adherence. Mm. So the problem is, is that we still have um, quite a few people dying unnecessarily because they're not taking the ARVs that they could be taking for free, and they're not adhering. They're not taking their pills uh, as often as they should and when they should. And it's it seems like such a simple thing, but because it's such a simple thing, people overlook it. Mm-hmm. But that's part of being human. Yeah. And the simplest things we struggle with. Exactly. Mm. And and. HIV is human immunodeficiency virus. So mm. it just exp- it makes you so vulnerable to so many other types of infection. Mm. And that's the problem is that any any little infection can become this monster that can eventually claim your life. Mm. And and that's why it's so important to take the ARVs. As part of of treatment are people being educated dietarily? Because it's one of my new big things that mm. so many Illnesses, so much disease can actually simply be prevented through really good diet and nutrition. Yes. Full stop. So, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the content that I write for the Health for Men website and Facebook, as well as We the Brave, is about keeping your immune system Mm. strong. So whether that's dosing up on vitamin C or, and also just, you know, taking care of yourself. If you're drinking too much, exercising, drinking too much coffee, your adrenals are going to be, Taxed and, mm. and you, and that's another way of compromising your immune system. If you're depressed, um, and you're overstressed, overstressed mm. or you're eating rubbish and getting takeaways all the time. Mm, no, no, um, vegetables, fruit, exactly. anything and live. Yeah. Those things are dangerous to people who are HIV negative. Mm. Those things are, are, have terrible effects on, on anyone, mm. um, and, and create things like diabetes and cholesterol and heart conditions. So if you really deplete a weakened system so much further. Exactly. So if you are HIV positive, then you're even more vulnerable. And that's, you know, it's, it's all about eliminating or or diminishing your vulnerability as much as possible. Is that part of the training HIV counselors are getting in terms of a general, more holistic idea of health? So I think that the issue is it boils down to time, mm-hmm. but generally I know that uh, doctors and cl- and clinical nurses that will always promote um, a healthy lifestyle mm-hmm. and healthy eating and um, and there is generally you know when the the guys pop in and have their HIV tests and and then the counselling thereafter that that happens and when they collect they it's all about establishing and developing a relationship with your clinicians and that's when they can help you because if you're only going to pop pop in the one time get your hiv test get your results and then 
you know, hardly be seen again, or you're just going to occasionally pop in and just grab your ARVs and bugger off again, then you're not going to make the most out of the situation, which is they are these amazing fountains of knowledge. They know so much about their clinicians. They know about health in general. So they will obviously be able to give good advice with regards to diet and lifestyle choices and things. And and also, you know, most of us know what's good for us. Mm. That's the, the sad truth of the matter is that most of us know what a healthy meal looks like. Most of us know that doing a little bit of exercise two to three times a week will make a huge difference in our lives. So it's not a case of having to educate anyone. I think it's it's a case of helping people to motivate themselves. Putting the focus mm. as well. Yeah. More priority. Exactly. Yeah. And it's really about education. Mm. And again, being aware of ourselves. And taking care of ourselves. Mm. I think that's the big issue. Self-care. Self-care. Listen, self-care for most people is one of the single hardest things. Mm. And it's not something that we're brought up with. We're not brought up to value ourselves. To understand how precious we are in so many ways. To look after our mental health, our spiritual health, Mm. our emotional health, our physical health, our sexual health. Um, We're not taught that. It's not part of, of... Life skills. Now, even worse than that is that Hollywood and literature teaches us that there's someone out there who we will find who's going to come on a, you know, if it's a guy on a big horse and with this flowing mane of Mills and Boone hair, and he's going to swoop you up and fix you and save it and, and yeah. complete you, that concept of completing mm. you. And it's nobody else's job. Fixing you and putting you mm. together and finding what is beautiful and lovable and incredible about you is not anyone else's job. It's your job first. And then hopefully somebody else comes along for the ride. That you can share that. Spot on. But you have to do that as a complete person within yourself. Exactly. Otherwise, it can never be that way with anybody. Mm. And that's it's one of the hardest things to get across to people. Yeah. And the saddest thing is that if you have that sense of incompleteness and that sense of desperation and loneliness, there's nothing more unattractive. You basically, uh, you know, you're uh, repelling people because people, everybody wants a whole person. Everybody wants to be Mm. with somebody who's confident and feels good about themselves. It's going to bring something to the table. That is so challenging for so many people. Mm. And it's one of my new sayings, and I'm talking with my clients about it so much my responsibility in my relationship is to look at my stuff yeah and to do something with it my partner's responsibility is to look at her stuff and to do something with that stuff, yeah. our responsibility mm-hmm. together is to look at our stuff and do something with that yeah and the exactly. only way that i can do anything with myself is acknowledging it and then often some kind of help mm and sometimes that's with her, and sometimes it might not be. And the same thing, her with me, and sometimes it's not. Yeah. <clears throat> but it is in our relationship. It's our responsibility. And our happiness is our responsibility. Exactly. It's not anybody who's going to make us happy, because nobody on the face of this earth is going to make you happy. But perception is so short-lived. Mm. You know, you think you got some, you know, you found that guy or you found, you know, that one that you were looking for and he's going to make you happy. And after mm. a few weeks, you can't believe it, but you actually start looking again yeah. because nobody will fix you. Exactly. It's it's scary as a person that experienced it. I think mm. I was very much aware that I got this perception from somehow 
when I grew up that there was going to be someone for me. It's going to fix me. It's going to make me happy. Yeah. And it, it wasn't, it wasn't anybody's fault. It's something that I picked up maybe yeah. from media, from stories, from Hollywood porn, wherever it yes. is, that there's someone there and that's going to do that. You know, there's two, there's unbelievable match. It's going to just sparkle. The reality is that our brain, mm. if we don't divert the energy within, our brain is going to recycle the same shit again and again. I well, agree. the brain does that. That's yeah. where it's going to be more from the heart and more from mm. the body. Because mm. the brain is going to carry on doing what it does. So true. It's going to go around in the same loops. And we need to change that. We need to add to that. Uh, and I have to say that, uh, I mean, just like you, Tamar, I'm also speaking from experience. It's not just a case of me wanting to sit on the box or stand on the box and preach. It's, it, it's exactly the same thing. There's a reason why for the, for the majority of my life, I haven't been in a relationship for longer than, I mean, the longest relationships I've been in have been two years. I've only had two of those and the rest of them have lasted, what, two to three weeks mm -hmm. each. And it's because the, you know, day one, day two, day three, the guy seems amazing and perfect and whatever. By the end of the week, I don't really like the way he brushes his teeth or, you know, th those little things creep up where you realize the fantasy is shattered. This person is not going to make me feel incredible. And, and you can't set up shop with somebody if you're expecting them to do that for That's you. That's it. And we're not taught about love mm. and relationships and pleasure. So we have no education for it. We have no mm. philosophy. We have no framework. Nothing. And that's why we have what we do. And we're also shamed for being single. And the truth of the matter is that, is that it's only when you're single that you really get to do a lot of your establishing work on yourself. Mm. And, and so a lot of people, because they fear the shame and stigma associated with being single, go from one relationship to another, but they never really get to do their work. They never get to – they've always got this outside influence from another person. But again, we're not taught the importance of doing your work exactly. with yourself. Mm. And that's really your prime thing in life. But mm. we put all that outside. It's so much easier to spend all of that effort on a job. Yeah. On something external. Project. Yeah. Getting a perfect body, whatever. Internally. Mm. Where do people get more information on what's happening at ANOVA? So there's various different ways. So www.wethebrave.co.za. That's for anything, if you, you know, the funky uh, sex positive content. And it's, we've got videos, we've got Instagram. It's fabulous. And then if you want more specific healthcare and sexual health stuff, it's www.healthformen. That's the number four, healthformen.co.za. And we also, if, if you are a young person or you know of a young person who want, wants to empower themselves with more information and resources about sexual health, you can go to Young Heroes on Facebook, um, or you can even drop us an email at info um, at youngheroes.co.za. Thank you. Thank you. A clitic. Yes. Let's put you out of your misery. Is a preference for shaved genitals. Hmm. These see, days, lasered genitals. See, not much to do with clits. Oh. Well, hey, well clits don't grow hair. No. Yeah. Well. That's, Brucey, that's for you. Just oh, okay. tip from me to you. Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> I don't know. What's so your I can't answer? tell somebody to go home and comb their clit. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, it might create some joy <laughs> in the kink world to comb a clit, but it's very sensitive. Brush your clit, really. That's such an so, un untidy clit. Maybe a toothbrush. For shaved genitals. Oh. There we go. Bruce, thank you so much. We always enjoy being with you.
Thank you for having me. John, do you have the best Don't time in Cape Town? stay away so long. I won't. I will be back. And bring us your book. I will. Like and now. your lube. <laughs> okay. In a separate hand. I was going to say. <laughs> pages get really messy to turn. A lubricated book. Paper cuts galore. <laughs> Maybe it's something you should learn about your book. It should be in a... Eliminate? How do you say eliminated? Um, when you eliminate, yes. yeah. so it should be it's plastic. A very good idea. It is anything that has, might be turning on remotely. You should mm. eliminate. Put my book in a condom. <laughs> we wish you when so you much pleasure. <laughs> Cliffcentral.com.